is Art Town, and I'm your host, Justin Baker. This month, my guest is Kira Garig. That's right, my lovely wife, and as a bonus to you and me, an amazing artist and talent. And this happened because, in part, the whole house got COVID. Finally, everyone was sick, and it was a fucking nightmare. (laughs) But we made it through. And we've talked in the past about Kira being on the show, Um, I think as a guest. uh, I think I've bugged her about being a co-host as well, but it's never happened. I I think because we had this fear uh, that we couldn't be serious enough, like we couldn't keep it together and it would just be silly and awkward. And well, because everything got screwed up with COVID, uh, we decided to just do it and we'll make it happen. And we did keep it together, and we did okay. And you'll hear, uh, we had a pretty interesting conversation about her experience finding her way into the visual arts, which I always find interesting uh, to hear that voyage uh, or that experience, because it's an interesting one. And maybe that's uh, a reflection on me. Uh, Because I personally didn't have a straightforward path. But hers is really fascinating. And we get into the work that she's making now, which is, I believe, even more interesting. So here we go. This month, Kira Garig, my beautiful wife and partner. But we're going to hang out for a second. And I want to set the stage with maybe uh, the most famous song to feature a little oboe, but also has a little endearing sentiment that I want to share. Here we go. I got you, babe. 
Interesting. I was thinking about it this morning. Mm-hmm. If you, because I don't think a lot of people know that you started like as an artist, or I don't know, maybe that's the wrong word, but you know, studying music. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was your your first kind of. I don't know. I think of it as like your first foray into like the arts. Would you agree with that or disagree? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure, though, that most people don't know that because I, I feel like that's the thing I talk about a uh-huh. lot, actually. Um, but, yeah, I, I can sort of talk about how that ends up influencing. Um, I mean, I think it's not – I don't think it's actually so important that I played music or that I studied music. I think it's the influence of being in a family where there's so many musicians and just – there was so much music in my life growing up. Um, you know, as you know, like my mom would have this music festival in the summer and running out of our house and we would have musicians there. Uh, you know, my brothers and I were always part of the festival, whether we were, you know, turning pages for the pianist or it was just, I don't know, my whole life was like very much about music growing up. Um, I think I've told you stories about going to sleep with my grandmother playing the piano at night, just like everything was music. I mean, I learned to read music before I could read words. Um, We all learned to play instruments at really young ages, like two and a half, three. Um, So it's just kind of like it's in my soul. It's just very much part of me. So, um, but I really rebelled. I didn't want to be a musician. (laughs) Right. So that's why I say like, I don't think the fact, I did go, I did a couple of years at music school and I did, study but you know I was really kind of rebelling and I didn't want to do that and in fact when I sort of finally found my way which was in photography and like the very first crit I had in my photo class everyone was just saying like oh your work is so musical and I was like oh man damn you you know like I'm trying to get away from this sort of this world of of music and musicians and just everything that had been such a heavy influence um, and but it was just like seeping into my work immediately. But I'm curious though, like uh, how how did you find your way into photography? Was that the first like visual thing you tried, or I mean, I know your mother has like drawings and stuff around the house that you did as a child. Like, she does. There's, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's some of them. I don't know, but I'm um, like. So you go from you're studying music at the North Carolina School of the Arts, mm-hmm. and then you graduate there, and you go to New York City because your brothers and your mother are there. And but taking the step into art school, what what was the what was the driving factor, or was there a point? Oh, back up one second. Was there a point at the North Carolina School for the Arts that you were like, I, as, when I'm done here, I'm not doing this again? No. Um, but to back up to your question, uh, it was all about Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bob Ross really started it. No. Um, well, when I was at North Carolina, all my friends were the visual arts friends. So it was a performing mm-hmm. arts school. And I didn't really hang out with the musicians that much. Really, the people that I felt connected to were the visual artists. And I just really, you know, I was exposed to what they were doing. But even before that, so to answer your question, you know, the first thing wasn't photography. I would say it was like collage. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so I grew up in upstate New York. Both my parents were musicians. Um, My mother was constantly gone. She was like traveling, doing her thing. So I was kind of left alone, especially after my older brothers, you know, they went off to college. I was uh, kind of left alone on my a lot and um to sort of do kind of do whatever I wanted right and I would skip school an awful lot and I would just stay home and like make collages and draw and paint um so I was definitely interested in just sort of you know hands-on art activities since I was really young I mean that was just like my favorite activity um you know just staying home painting drawing collages love to do that and then I went away to school studying music. I see that there are people who are there studying art, and it wasn't really something that ever occurred to me. Mm-hmm. My family's just so music-driven. Like that was an option. I d- yeah, I didn't really know that was an option. So I think that was the first time that sort of clicked with me that was an option. But it also was starting to click with me that, hey, there are a lot of options out there, and I don't know exactly what I want to do. I was pretty certain it wasn't music, but I, I kind of made a deal – with my mother that if I, I wanted to just go, I want to go to a liberal arts school and I wanted to just start studying things. Um, but she didn't want me to just stop music after all the years I had invested. So I would continue in New York, uh, studying privately for at least one year. Mm. And then I would, um, uh, and then I could sort of choose to do whatever I wanted. Um, but while I was at a liberal arts school. So, so that's what I did. So I, I was, um, I went to one college. I went to City College first, and I was just trying out a lot of things. I studied, like, pre-law, studied history. I was interested in Jewish studies. I mean, I was just trying, like, a lot of stuff because I really, I just, I feel like everything before that had just been about studying music. I Mm -hmm. didn't feel like I was particularly exposed. Also, just because growing up in a small town, maybe we didn't have, like, the best school system or whatever, but wasn't really exposed to a lot. So I was just really interested in studying things. Um... So I was at City College for a year, and then I transferred to Barnard College at Columbia University. And I was kind of just following in the paths of some of my older brothers who were also at Columbia, um, or had gone to Columbia. And But I, I was thinking about art in the back of my head, but it was it was kind of in the back. You know, I'd sort of, at this point, almost stopped taking music lessons. I was interested in so many academic things. And then, um, honestly, what happened one day is my brother's lung collapsed. Mm. He had a spontaneous pneumothorax. And his lung collapsed, and we are pretty close. I, like, you know, I, I left my class, and I was, like, there at the hospital with him. And I missed several days of classes. And in that time period, when I just suddenly wasn't going to class anymore, I had this, like, pause where I was thinking about, like, what am I doing? You know, I'm, like, studying political science. I'm studying law. I'm studying economics. These are all things that, like, older my older brothers had studied. I had one older – I have one older brother who's also a musician. So, you know, I'd already done that path. Um, you know, like, I don't feel like this is me. Like, what's – who am I? Like, what – and I really – I remember just sitting in Central Park for, you know, just hours after going to visit him. And I just 
it was like, oh my God, I'm not going to class. I can do this. Like I have a choice. I can like suddenly just um, make a shift in my life. And, and I did. And, and I don't recommend this to anyone, but I did. I, we were almost at the end of the semester and I just stopped going to classes Mm. and I just enrolled myself at the art students league in New York. And I started taking drawing classes and sculpture classes And then that just cascaded into like taking classes at Cooper Union in color theory. And I just started like signing up for all of these art classes. Um, And I and I I didn't finish that semester. So I don't recommend doing that. That was pretty stupid. I should have just finished that semester out. Um, But I just like really kind of overnight made this decision to completely change my path and to start studying art. And but to get back to your question, still photography, it didn't really occur to me, photography. I was, I was really interested in sculpture. Um, Mm. I was, yeah, I really liked sculpture. What do you mean it didn't occur to you? Like as an option? As an art form. As an art form. I didn't think of photography as an art form. Mm -hmm. I thought of sculpture as an art form. I thought of uh, drawing, painting. Um, But I just, photography was, was not an art form. So, I was living in the city. I, most of my family was in the city. It made sense for me to go to school in the city. So I found the School of Visual Arts. And they had a photography major. And they also had like a fine arts major. And I thought... Well, I'm they gonna, were separate. They, they were separate. And I, but, but I thought, okay, so what I'm going to do... And this was my brilliant thinking of... I don't know how old I was, 19 or something... Um, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a photo major because that is going to be what's going to, that's going to provide me money. That's going to oh. be, <laughs> yeah. be my job security. That's how I'm going to make money is I'm going to be like a commercial photographer. And then I'm going to do that to support me as a fine artist. Yeah. For do, the real art. Yeah. For the yeah. real art. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it didn't exactly turn out that way. <laughs> I mean, you did though. I mean, to some regard, you know, you worked in a lab and, you know, you, you, you did. Well, yeah. And I, I did yeah, do commercial a, stuff. I yeah. did, I did, oh God, I did um, a lot of headshots. I'm horrible at headshots. Like I basically treat a human head like a still life. So I'd put people into awkward positions and it wasn't comfortable for them. And I'd forget about them and <laughs> leave them in weird <laughs> so, positions. Yeah. Um, but just also because I have so many connections with musicians, it was a really easy job for me because like every musician needs headshots. So I was doing headshots and I was doing like shots like for all the sculptors I knew from the Art Students League, you know, photographing their work. I did some weddings, which was incredibly painful. I don't have that personality to be a right. wedding photographer. I did do that stuff. But I have to say almost immediately, I mean, it was immediate. It, the, my very first class at SVA, I started in the summer. It was a slide class. And mm. immediately what I started doing was like drawing on the slides, burning the slides. Oh my <laughs> like, God. I just like immediately I wasn't uh-huh. interested in this medium as like a commercial medium. I wanted to make it into, you know, I, I don't know, I guess. to kind of break it right away. Yes. Immediately I wanted to break it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. And so by the time I finished at SVA, my thesis there, it was all essentially sculpture. It was photo, it was photography, but I was, um, 
I came to like embrace this background I had in music, you know, after sort of being irritated that people would be like, oh, your work looks so musical. I'm like, ah, I don't want to hear that. Um, I came to embrace that. And I just, I started, I mean, to fully embrace it. And so by the time I left, what I was doing was like writing music, just like little themes, a theme that would have sort of like a different feeling like, oh, this is slow. This is fast. You know, this is happy. This is sad. You know, just very sort of over the top, easy emotions very short themes, and then transposing those into into photographs just based on, like, colors, gestures, and they were all um, sculptural. So they were um, – I actually made um, all these different kinds of frames that would, like, come out of the wall and have different depths mm-hmm. and go in different directions. And so you'd look at these – they're pretty large pieces, like 12 feet wide by, you know, 10 feet high or something, and with all of these different photographs that were um, essentially trying to represent in this – physical, visual way, this abstract form of, of music, hmm. which is something I think I'm still trying to do. <laughs> you still, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, well, that's wild. I think it's important to point out, I don't know why, but I, you were studying, I think people should know, is the oboe. I, I consciously did not say that. Why, not? Why do you have to bring it up? <laughs> Why not? Uh, there's, I don't know. I'm just, do people uh, really need to know it was the oboe? Yes, I studied the oboe. I think oboe. it matters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure In why. some way. Why? Why do you think it matters? Huh. I don't, I don't know. In my mind, it's kind of like a unique instrument. It's not a common one, maybe. I, I don't yeah. know. I it's think different. I figured out what was the hardest instrument and said, that's the one I wanted to do. That's the one. Yeah. 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 I think there, there might've also been some things like a crush on some older oboist or something and that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was, I, I mean, oboe wasn't my first instrument. So I started with Mm -hmm. piano and then violin and then clarinet was the gateway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) was the gateway instrument. Um, Because my, my music teacher an elementary school wouldn't teach me the oboe. So oh, it was like, no way. So okay. I had to wait until so he to... retired. And then the new teacher was like, okay, sure, we'll do oboe. So I didn't start oboe until seventh grade. But that was the one that you studied the most seriously, I guess. That's yes. what, like when you, when I think about your musical background. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know that you snuck in some clarinet. Sure. A couple <laughs> of years of clarinet, a little, little gateway instrument. It's same family though, right? What do you mean by? I mean, it's a reed. It's a, a reed, reed. That's yeah, what I mean. but it's yeah. not a double. The double reed. That's okay. what the oboe is. The oboe is. That's why it's so yeah. hard. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that I just think it's interesting to put those pieces of you like together in that way because it it's such a interesting path in some way. I don't know. I mean. It's not uncommon, I think, to go from like visual to musical, but like you're just even like how you're describing like your educational journey, you you know, doing that. I didn't know that about your brother. I think that's very interesting that I mean, I knew he had a collapsed lung and but I, I didn't realize that that moment of when he was sick, you had an, like an introspective experience where you kind of thought like, what am I doing? Do you think that was because, I mean, you're kind of like loosely like dealing with like life and death. I mean, you're seeing him in a hospital. Did you, did you, did it make you pause and think about your life? I mean, was there, how do you think that triggered that? I I think I was just in such a 
routine of like it, go to school, do this, do that. Right. That's why I'm, I was emphasizing like I, I I feel like I was just following in the footsteps. So first I was following in the footsteps of my uh-huh. of my parents being music and you know and the one brother who's the one who's closest to me in age, like he's a musician, just like following in that. And then that didn't work for me. So then like I had another brother who went to law school. So I'm studying that and another one who's like business. So I'm like studying mm-hmm. that. I'm doing economic like I'm just sort of, you know, rushing, rushing, like doing all of these things that other people in my family, my older siblings had done and just not taking a moment to figure myself out. And I don't think that, I mean, you see that with our students here, I mean, sometimes, you know, they're taking five, six classes and sometimes life is just on top of that. And it's just, everything is going so much that you don't have time to sit down and digest. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I had that time to sit down and digest. Plus I'm living in New York city. So I'm trying to think about like how to make money. And, you know, I just came up there and I'm just, you know, sort of living on my own. I mean, my mom is in and out, but she was working a lot in California in those days. So, you know, there's just all this stuff I'm trying to figure out and no pause. And mm-hmm. that, and, and I'm also a little bit of a goody two-shoes. So, like, I would never skip class. You know, yeah. <laughs> I never skip class. It didn't occur to me, like, oh, I, you know, I'm not Could feeling. Not go. Yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't really an option. And I was taking a heavy load um, when I was at Columbia. I was doing that Russian class that would meet six times a week and just, you know, a lot of intense classes, six six times a week. Yeah. And then just like pre-law. And I was just, you know, doing a a lot of stuff. And, you know, it just, it needed that moment to Mm -hmm. sort of realize I can stop. And so I needed something to force me. And that was my brother getting sick and that kind of that forced me to step back and miss mm-hmm. class and then just allowed that that opening to happen in my brain. Do you did anybody in your your family when you pivoted to study art was there was there a question like hey what are you what are you doing or was it just kind of like I mean hmm. Well, you know my mo- I think my mother likes to joke about how she went to California she would typically go for like two weeks and mm-hmm. I was enrolled in one school and she came back and I had completely transferred my life and I was in a different <laughs> yeah. school. Like, oh, oops, mom, by the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing this. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone was particularly surprised. I mean, I, I, I think I was probably more surprised. I mean, you'd have to ask my brothers. I think I think they, some of the some were more surprised because I think I, I really did enjoy the academics. I yeah. really was in loving like studying pre-law. And I, I think, you know, it seemed like that was going to be the path. But on the same time, I don't think my mom was that su- surprised because like I always had been just sort of like making art. Making and, stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I think it, it seemed like probably a more natural fit for me than anything else but Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know they were you know they were also trying to figure out i think you know i was goth then too so they had to try to figure out that too like what was i doing i don't know i was grunge i was goth i don't know going through a lot of different stages (laughs) (laughs) trying it all mixing it up yeah yeah that's what it's about being young but um well yeah i i just i was curious about that um so i'm gonna fast forward to to now um because i was curious about these these the recent two bodies of work that you're working on um and i see them i see them when i cut through uh the basement to go to my side of the basement 
Um, your, your, your studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my studio. studio. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and they're they're both they're they're so they're different, um, but there's pieces that are there's similarities, and I'm curious how you rationalize that in in your brain in your creative space uh, in your head. Uh, we have one that's like more organic and plant based. It seems like plant based. Maybe mm-hmm. more abstract. Um, and then the other group is more structural and rigid, and there's clear depictions of a physical space in the photos. Uh, they're both photos, seemingly, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. would we would think of them. Um, it looks like a photo, but that doesn't. I don't think that quite reveals how it was made. So I was curious if you could explain like how these two concurrent bodies are like fighting for space in your head or how you see them similar, I guess, or I'm, different. Yeah, I don't know if they're fighting for space. I, if anything, I, I have to fight to keep them more separate. But I think the common elements are I have no interest in reality. <laughs> You uh-huh. might know that about me by yeah. now. I'm not very interested in reality. Uh, I have like my own little sort of fantasy thoughts, you know, that go on in my head. Um, and this is what I, I want to always depict. Like I, I have no interest in photography being about depicting reality. I always want to use it to kind of point out something that is really like in my head, a fantasy in my head, but maybe, but stems maybe from a little bit of reality. So I think they both they both have that in common. It's just sort of like I, I like to take things. Um, I'm I'm an observer more than I am a participant. I'm pretty happy. I think you know, just like as a kid, I was happy sitting there on the bleachers, like watching dodgeball. Mm. <laughs> I did not want to participate. <laughs> like I'm happy being an observer. I'm very much just like happy being on the sidelines watching. Uh, people watching or space watching or just little things watching. Um, so, you know, the one body of work that you called like more organic, I think, you know, one thing that I've realized or I'm realizing as I get older and older and older is, uh, yeah, just sort of, you know, realizing kind of like what my influences are. And like you you started off talking about like music and obviously that's a that's a big influence in the back of my head because of just growing up in this family. But I think also... The fact that I grew up out in the Adirondacks in the country, even though, you know, I'm not like a super country person. I'm not like going and camping or, you know, that's not the way my family was or anything. But I still can't deny the fact that I grew up in a really very country environment, um, mm-hmm. kind of like isolated from, you know, people and every not isolated from people, but, you know, just a very, very small town. And that influence of nature, I think, is definitely seeps into me and I would just spend a lot of time like in the forest and and transforming things you know sticks became like little people and leaves became houses Um, and I think that so the one body of work that is organic is very much um, still influenced by just kind of growing up in the Adirondacks being outside and this this process of you know the outside was my my playground essentially and taking all of these little whatever sticks and leaves and making them into things. And I think in a way I'm still doing that. And I 
look at my work and the way I, I think about things is like, I'm just sort of slow down and look at like really tiny details, which is why in that whole series, the organic series, or I'm calling it like the ephemeral series, um, it's all macro photography. So it's all really, uh-huh. really close up so that you get to see these these details um, that you wouldn't get to notice if it was a wide angle shot or a medium range mm-hmm. shot or anything like that. So I think that work is very much about, you know, just kind of transforming these everyday objects, these organic objects. I think there is influence of music that goes on in the back of my head there. Um, and then in the other series, that is the interiors and their their structures. Um, I mean, there are a couple of things going on in this. One thing is that I really miss photography, like photo when I did it back in the 90s, like in the dark room mm-hmm. and um, working, you know, working with your hands over the image as you're like making it. Every single print comes out and it's kind of unique. Um, so that was that was something that was really in my mind when I started this other series, The Interiors. But it was also during COVID and that really, you know, or during the whole lockdown. And that really kind of affected like my ability to get out and to photograph. Um, and we were at home all the time, you know, working from the same room, teaching all day long from the same room. And so um, I started just thinking about interior spaces and at first, what I was thinking about with this series was like, I wanted to kind of use these interior photographs that I had, especially I had a lot like after we moved out of our house and I went and I photographed all the rooms that were empty. And um, and I was like photographing them, not just as empty rooms, but after after we'd been in lockdown for like a year and a half and I'd really started to like examine and notice more details in all these rooms okay. than, than I did before, like when we were just like passing through them. Um, but so I had all of these photographs um, from, from all of these rooms and I started thinking about like, you know, what, what can I do with them essentially? Because I was feeling very limited, like I couldn't go out and, um, you know, photograph a lot of stuff because we were in this lockdown. And I was thinking about photography and I was thinking about the nature of photography. And like one of the things that really always irritated me about photo students is like the way that they would look at photographs, like get their noses right up into the photograph and like looking to see if there were any like dust marks or any like specks (laughs) or like any of that sort of stuff. And I'm like, you know, sort of like screw that. Like I want to kind of embrace that. I don't want to pretend that I'm capturing the reality. So I started to take these interiors and making them into collages that help to kind of like emphasize some of the the details of these rooms, these interiors that I was noticing, you know, spending so much time in the spaces. But the part that was really important to me at the beginning, and I'm not sure it's still so important, but in the beginning was that I would print out the photographs and then I was rescanning and I was adding a lot of materials in as I was like rescanning. And that was really important because that was like the closest I had come to feeling like I was back in the dark room where mm-hmm. there's that sense of chance because like to do the whole scanning process is kind of complicated. Like you have to get everything upside down. I was refusing to like tape things into place because you were like, why don't you just tape this? Like, no, because <laughs> I want chance. I want to okay. sort of flip my image upside down onto the scanner and see what it's going to look like. And then if I don't like it, then I have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Cause that's kind of more like being in the dark room sort of. Yeah. Um, 
And then every single photograph or every image that I was creating, I gave myself this challenge to incorporate a negative into it because I was trying to like reference also, you know, just this nature of photography and the truth of photography. And then as, as like I did a couple of these images, I've dropped the negative part and I've realized that it's not so much about photography as it is about just kind of re-examining these spaces. And like what I really like to do is the, how you get this change in depth when you go between the rescanned photograph versus like the actual objects that are being scanned. So it like plays with this sense of like, of depth and perception. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when there's like, like a piece of cloth mm-hmm. edge touching the photograph, like the scan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting that you, you make them on the, the scanner bed like that. I find that really fascinating for some way. Um, also like the way that that becomes like an extension of the physical physicality of working in the dark room. Right. Like, so that like, you know, mm-hmm. there's like just these like threads that connect it. That's kind of, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I loved being in the dark room. I, I, I don't know. I mean, for people who've never done it, I don't know if they think you just like you go into the dark and you turn on the enlarger and, you know, that's it. But you know, it's not. There's just such an art form to it. It's like a dance. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making making these different shapes that you're putting over and exposing and putting filters. And like it's just this whole like really hands on kind of dance that you do to get the exposure that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I just I miss that. I I. The one issue I have with photography and even just like all the work I'm doing now is I just want more hands-on. Uh-huh. Like I, I do like the hands-on aspect of it. Um, so like in this process with the interiors, like I'm really like manipulating the images before I rescan them. So I'm like ripping them or I'm cutting them. Mm-hmm. It's collage. It's back to me being like seven years old in my room playing with collage. Well, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it, it's just it, playtime. <laughs> yeah, but it's so well now it has this, you know, lifetime of experience behind it, which yeah. I mean, because those those images uh, that you're making are so I don't think jarring is the right word, but there's like a un, they're unsettled, right? Like they, they question a lot of things like space, mm-hmm. perception, uh, you know, even the way that the depth of field like that subtle depth of field of the scanner bed uh when you have the physical thing versus the photographic images next to each other there's a weirdness that happens that's kind of um a little unsettling you know and and as a person who you know loves to think about how things are made like myself you know i i it's hard to figure them out which is fun you know and i don't know if that's part of it i I don't think so for you um but i i just think it's interesting well i think definitely i you know i want to say process is not the most important part but it, Mm -hmm. it is an important part and i do want people to have to sit and think for a second how is this made not so much because it's like about my process but because i think i just i like the idea of making someone think you know Mm -hmm. just sort of be like an active audience member not just you know staying back but you know trying to engage in some way Mm -hmm. um 
you know, sparking questions, I, I think is good. I mean, for me, that's like a major motivation. If someone can look at this, it can look at something that I'm making and, and it makes them think, um, you know, what is this I'm, I'm looking at? How was it made? You know, what were the different steps? That's success for me. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it's important, but I, I don't want it to be the end all. I don't want it to be all about the process, right? but it is, it is definitely important. Well, I think it happens naturally. I, and I don't think it's the end, the end all of those images. Cause they're, they're very interesting to look at. Um, I, I think part of it is as a viewer, once you see something photographic, you assume it's a camera, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a physical space we see there right. and we're like, Oh, that must be a, a cam, you know, she's using a camera. Um, but it's not that, you know, it's all these other pieces, it's just a part of it. Um, but it, it's like kind of the gateway into the image, you know, because you recognize it, you know. Yeah, photography is just the gateway <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah. Photography is the gateway into the art. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, you'll be playing the oboe. <laughs> yeah, it's the dark arts. <laughs> it's the dark art. Next thing you know, you'll be holding a camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a part of like... I don't know, maybe, and maybe I got, um, I got a little wistful, I guess, maybe thinking about our house empty, um, was, is, is part, was, I'm just trying, I'm going back and I'm, I'm thinking about the impulse to, to take photos of the rooms. Um, was it, was the first part to just, uh, to document the house empty or, Yeah. So when I went back and I did that, I had no intention of making those images into anything, really. Um, There were some images I just thought about, like the the office, um, and we still had the yellow curtain hanging there. And I just thought about, like, uh, you know, how much I'm just going to miss that light and the color Mm -hmm. of it. And I think, yeah, I, I was just photographing the spaces and to document and... And to think about how the things that I loved in in all of those spaces. And it wasn't until afterwards that I started thinking about doing something with them. And then, and I'll mention that also, I mean, for me, yeah, sometimes with looking at those images, it gets, they do get very emotional. It's like kind of hard to like Mm -hmm. work in this space. I'm like, oh man, you know, I really, I really miss that. Um, I really miss those, those details. Um, but some of those, some of the images that I've mixed into this into this series, they weren't all from our house because then we were also looking for uh, another house, and so mm-hmm. we would go to all of these strangers' homes and their <laughs> open houses. Oops! Yeah. And I was like photographing their empty spaces as well, um, and yeah. So I just I found that I had this whole series of of empty spaces. And I thought this seemed really appropriate considering we had been spending so much time in all these interiors. Yeah. And also I, I did the other series of exteriors a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I feel like this is kind of a natural extension of that. So with the exteriors, I was photographing the outside of buildings that had clear markings from, you know, either things that had been closed up, like, you could see there used to be windows there or there used to be a door or there was a another building that had been attached or a stairwell that had been attached and that was gone, but it left like the markings on there. And so I photographed them 
And then I turned them into videos by essentially it was all Photoshop project, but basically like retouching these photographs into uh, so basically they didn't show this the scarring anymore. They didn't show any of the markings. And then I made it all into a time lapse video. So slowly over time, these the transformations, the markings, the things or in some cases there some of the buildings were just that they looked really decrepit. Um, mm. but that kind of came through over time. And in my mind, these are kind of like little narratives, little narrative pieces of these buildings kind of, you know, talking about like, hey, here's my history. This is the, <laughs> the way I was, you know. And then I did like this series of um, of spaces that that we don't see um, in the during the like the spring and summer months because of all the fo- foliage. And and I, I always I think it's really interesting how. You know, in the winter months, especially in Troy, you're walking around and you can suddenly see like all these sort of um, sort of maybe not so well put together, like back porches and yeah. like what everyone has going, all these structures um, that's going on in someone's backyard, you know, because there are no leaves on the trees. And then it, it's spring and summer comes and you can still like hear the the things that are happening like in people's backyards, but you can't see it anymore. So I did a similar kind of thing there where I, I photographed every day these spaces that I knew would eventually become that would eventually disappear um, and you know be just engrossed in like the greenery um, and in that piece you know talking about the musical background I did work a lot with the audio in those pieces just sort of adding in like these sound backgrounds so that way as we're visually not seeing that structure anymore or the neighbor's backyard anymore, but we're hearing like more and more. And so our just imagination has to kind of fill into what we're not seeing. So I did those two like ex- sort of exterior outside projects. And so I think this kind of made sense, you know, working now like on the interiors. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I keep going back as you're talking about this too, to thinking about how you said um, like you wanted nothing to do with reality or representation, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's interesting to, to think about in terms of, um, how like you're, you're taking very like concrete parts of our lives and, and putting them through this kind of filter of unreality or, you know, and it's not based in, um, it doesn't have a clear foothold in reality, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So I, I you know, if I ran for president, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my yeah. slogan What's would your be platform? <laughs> no reality for yeah. anyone. I just, you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's kind of silly, but like, so, you know, I don't have the best eyesight. And like, when I, I do have some glasses and I put those glasses on, it's like, oh, my God, it's just too much information. I don't want that information. It's just it's a little overwhelming. Um, yeah, I'm just totally happy if I can remove reality and, and remove a, the reality, from remove it. reality and just, you know, like to see it in a different way. Uh-huh. We all see reality. So like, let's just see it in a different way, which, you know, right. I, I, mean, I think it's just like what every artist is doing. You know, it's, that's just sort of like the age old, you know, just trying to show my perspective about it. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah. I guess. Yeah. Although I don't think of it like that, you know? <laughs> I, I'm just like thinking about myself. It's just, it's an interesting way in, you know? I don't know. It's, it's different somehow. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess everyone has their own way of doing that. But I do mm-hmm. think that is such a, a foundation to many artists is just, you know, we're trying to show our point of view, our perspective yeah. on how we see things. Right. Yeah. I mean, another thing to go back to the to the uh, the series that uh, the more abstract one, and you had a different word that I'm forgetting. Ephemeral. Ephemeral. That I think is interesting is that, you know, you're talking about nature and your the way that you're you want to experience it or your interpretation of it. Um, But, you know, those are made on a tabletop, you know, (laughs) which is kind of funny to me, you know. Why is that? Well, because you're not in nature, Mm. you know, it's not like nature like you know, like capital N, like with Ansel Adams. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not that. It's 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 more. It's fantasy. It's fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's your fantasy. <laughs> it's my fantasy world. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. yeah, it's my fantasy world. Right. I mean, because I it is all very controlled. Yeah. Um. There. There. I guess you can call them abstract. I don't know. They're not completely abstract. But it's, I think they are, though. It's, I don't know. It's very, it is very controlled. Yeah, so I'll just, you know, gather the objects, but then set it up in a studio and control the lighting, control the placement, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, yeah, I don't see it as needing to happen outside and be part of nature to, to be referencing that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you've said it all. I think you've asked it all. <laughs> I don't know if I've, I, I, I've asked very little. So I think it's. <laughs> you've asked a lot. I've you've asked, asked plenty. Yeah. Plenty, plenty. Well, um, you know, and we never even introduced you. So I'm going to apologize for that. We just jumped right in. Oh, I figured you'd do that in your um, intro. I will do that. Um, but. Oh, yeah. How are you? How are you calling me? How am I? How, how do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are you referring to me as? Um, Assistant Professor Garig? <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah. I I haven't thought about that yet, I guess. Well, think well, about it. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you. It's been very fun. Yeah. All right. I'll see you around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to awkwardly end this. <laughs> All right. Um, Love you. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, share it. Tell a friend. Send it to your mother. Be sure to subscribe to Art Town on either Apple Podcast or Spotify. Art Town is engineered and produced by Silent Studios North.